Hey, this is Dr. Stan. Wednesdays in the Word. Welcome back. And uh, this Wednesday, I want to focus our attention on the kingdom of God. And it's really all about the greater kingdom. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. And, uh, you know, it's the closest I'm going to get to really any political commentary. But I want to focus again on the kingdom. We're going to talk about that this week, next week, and we'll see where we go from there. But I'm, I was meditating on Isaiah chapter 65. Now, verses 17 to 25 are the main, main verses, but we won't take time to read it. But I want to look at really what most governments, most people, whether faith groups or non-faith groups, what they're looking for in the present world in which we live. Uh, Isaiah, of course, we know, is a powerful prophet, prophesied in a time and a season where things were not going exactly great in Israel, but prophesied not just for Israel, but for all time. And he especially prophesies here in Isaiah 65 about the benefits or what we will have when the kingdom of God is fully established in the earth and why Jesus came preaching the kingdom, not just about being born again. Of course, we we must be born again that we can see the kingdom, that we can enter the kingdom. We know we we enter the kingdom through trials and tribulation. We're going to talk about that next Wednesday. But mainly we know that the kingdom of God is the, the thing. It's what we should be preaching. It's what we're all about. And everybody wants the kingdom. Whether they identify that or not, whether they're willing to submit to Christ as Lord, Savior, and King, well, that's another issue. But everybody wants the benefits or the blessings that come and will only come when Jesus Christ rules as king in our lives. So I just want to, to just kind of summarize some of these things and uh, maybe give a few thoughts as we go. So, you know, he starts with the, the statement, I create. Uh, it's not us that creates. God has created the heavens and the earth. God has created the systems, uh, the, the natural systems of life that we live in. And he created everything and said it was good. He created mankind, said it was very good. Remember the the creation, the environment, even governments in that sense are all God's idea. God wants the world to function for the benefit of mankind. That's why he created it. His plan, of course, is a new heaven and a new earth. Now, new really means refreshed restored, made according to what God's original intention was. I know a lot of folks are looking to see, you know, when the Lord returns, everything's going to get burnt up because, you know, it's all bad. (laughs) No, no, it's not all good, but it's more good than bad. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that's contained therein. I mean, the new earth will be a restored earth. You know, where, again, we're not dealing with environmental hazards because all the systems of the earth are in proper balance the way God intended for them to be. So we do look forward to the time when there is a new heaven or when heaven and earth essentially become, as it were, one. 
And Jesus is crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords ultimately. But we know he already rules and reigns by his spirit through the church here in the earth. And we know that the kingdoms of the Lord are, you know, of the world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. He talks here also about the former things, you know, about the, 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 the troubles that people have experienced. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Well, we've gone through some troubles. These are crazy, perilous, terrible times in many ways, and yet the world has gone through many such as this and even worse. But there'll come a day when the former things will no longer even be remembered. I mean, I I still, you know, I, I marvel at Paul's statement, you know, the light affliction that he went through. I mean, he was horribly persecuted for the gospel's sake and Yet he just called it light affliction because I think he could look back on those things and then he made comparison to the glories of God and all the things that God was doing, the churches being planted, the kingdom of God expanding. It was a comparison thing. And when we look back, uh, we're going to realize that the former things are no longer things that should trouble us. But we remember Uh, until we can no longer remember, if you will. In the kingdom, we'll remember the way it was, but we'll only remember it until we don't have to remember it any longer. Because God is doing a new thing. Uh, The land that we live in, the, the earth that God has created, will become a land of joy instead of fear, distress, and pain. Now, I know many would say, oh, well, Isaiah's prophesying about heaven. But no, he's not. He's prophesying about the earth, a restored earth, a renewed earth. That's what we are contending for. We believe that Jesus is coming back to a world which will be substantially restored and made new as the church continues to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Some of the results of that will be, you know, infant mortality will be eliminated. Everybody's going to be healthy and happy. In other words, we're going to have great health care, if you will. I mean, we'll look and say someone that dies at the age of 100, well, oh, they died so young. I mean, you know, the promise of Scripture is 120 years, and we know that as of now, most, if not all of us, are going to be cheated, at least some. But that won't be like that in the fullness of God's kingdom. In the fullness of the kingdom, everybody's healthy. Everybody's happy. They have their own homes, their own place to live. They have their own economic viability. There's peace. There's harmony. And corruption, terror, and all of the destructive forces of the enemy have been subdued because Satan truly is under our feet. Now we know that these things are already ours by promise and we see portions of God's kingdom seeing peace and harmony and corruption dealt with etc. We don't see the fullness of it. We know that day is yet to come but we preach it and we labor for it and we believe God for it and we, we, we recognize that only God can bring this to pass but it's already been paid for. It's already been not just promised, but fulfilled from God's viewpoint through the finished work of Christ 
on the cross. Now, as Christians in the world today, we need to learn to build together. Jesus came declaring that the religious community by itself could not produce the kingdom. The Roman government, in all of its power, the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, was not very peaceful. Oh, no, it was full of violence and corruption. But they could not produce the kingdom of God. It's what everyone wants. Everybody wants the benefits of the kingdom. But they were not willing to submit to the one who could provide it. When we both submit in love to the kingdom of God and the God of the kingdom, the results are always life. We know that Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I mean, the fullness of life. But the fullness of life is not measured by how big our bank account is. It's not measured by how large our ministry might be. It's measured by righteousness and peace and joy. I mean, when we're in right relationship with the Lord, when we're in right relationship with our spouse, with our children, with our friends, with our enemies even, we have then peace. Peace is that tranquility, that place where we know that uh, whatever happens, whatever comes, I know who I believe in and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I, I, I know it's going to be all right. And with that comes the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. That sense that, man, life really is good. I mean, sometimes life stinks. But God is always good. Oh, sometimes we go through hard times like we are now, but God is good. God is always good. And the joy of the Lord can really be the strength that we need to continue to move forward and preach against all odds the kingdom of God. Jesus is Lord. He's reigning from his throne. The apostles of of the Lamb are ruling with him from heaven. And we, his church, are able to take the good news that the king has come, the king lives, the king reigns, and we reign with him. And if you'll submit, if you'll kiss the king, all will be well. He not only promises it, he provides for it, not just for his children, but for the whole world. And we know that in the fullness of time, We will have a new heaven with a new earth and all will be well because of the goodness, grace, and kindness of our wonderful Lord. Of course, we must build and we must build together. And we must build on a correct foundation on the prophets and the apostles. That is, on the revelation of the Old Testament prophets, it says everything is fulfilled in Christ His kingdom is come. His will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. And on the apostles, that is on the the teaching foundation based upon God's precious word, we know that when we build accurately, God's purposes will be established. So listen, today, this Wednesday in the word, I want to just encourage you. You know, you're a part of the kingdom if you know Jesus. You can see the kingdom, enter the kingdom Contend for the kingdom of God. And every day, it's probably a good idea just to resubmit yourself again to the Lord. Say, hey, 
you're God, I'm not. Thank God for that. I'm trusting you today that all will be well and that your name will be glorified, that your kingdom will expand as we stay faithful to all that you've called us to do. Hey, I'm Dr. Stan. This is Wednesdays in the Word. If you want to learn more about us, you can see us at vision.edu, drstandycoven.org, booksbyvision.org. Hey, we'd love to be a blessing to you. Again, until next week.